Last week, I tried to get across uh, to you the um, radical nature of Jesus' teaching in the face of his confrontation with the lawyer in the story of the Good Samaritan. Well, this morning we have another outrageous story in the Bible. The story of Mary and Martha can come across as rather ho-hum. And unfortunately, due to our Western culture and our 21st century eyes, we can miss seeing just how radical this passage is. The scene that is set in this reading is is almost offensive in what it portrays. You see, this interaction between Jesus, Mary and Martha is only told in Luke's Gospel. And Luke places it as part of Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. It takes place in Bethany. And we know from other accounts in the Bible of both sisters that Bethany was not far from Jerusalem. In fact, Bethany is at the top of the road from Jericho to Jerusalem, the same road Jesus used in the story of the Good Samaritan. It is generally understood that this incident couldn't have taken place at this point in Jesus' journey, as it is far too close to Jerusalem. But you know, That doesn't worry Luke. Luke isn't giving us a chronological order of Jesus' life. But he has placed this story here to alert us of something special about what Jesus says and what he does. Not only has Jesus redrawn the boundaries of who God's people are through the story of the Good Samaritan and who is your neighbour, but he now goes on to redraw the boundaries between men and women. I'm sure many of us will remember the days, some of us mightn't be old enough, and you'll probably find this unbelievable. You'll remember the days when it used to be said a woman's place is in the kitchen. In more recent times, it's said as part joke and part insult. But you know, there are still many cultures today where this still is practised, even here in Australia. When Jesus was roaming around Galilee, it was deeply ingrained in the culture. So much so that the standard Jewish house, the house was divided into male and female areas and roles were strictly demarcated as well. When we look at our passage this morning, one thing we shouldn't do is see the dispute between Mary and Martha about the amount of work that Martha had to do do in the kitchen as the major focus of this passage. And nor... And nor as uh, was it sorry, and nor was it to do anything, as some suggest, that the sisters had some sort of romantic attraction to Jesus, and therefore Martha's reaction had something to do with jealousy. Why do I say that? Well, 
It's easy. Luke doesn't say it. Luke doesn't even give us a hint that it had something to do with romance. You see, that is read into the text by those that want to make it an issue. No, the real problem, the thing that disturbed Martha more than anything was Mary was behaving as a man. As I said earlier, Jewish house was divided into male and female spaces and Mary had crossed over an invisible but very real line, not only within the household but equally important, a boundary within their social world. You see, the room that Jesus would have sat was where the men would meet. The kitchen and other unseen quarters were the domain of women. Only outside where the children played and in the marital bedroom would male and female mix. So I want to picture this public room, a bastion of male of masculinity, where only men, where only men met. And here, plonked right in the prime seat, a woman sits down amongst them. I want to pause for a moment for you to take that in. This is bigger than the introduction of women into the long room at the MCG. Or from my childhood, allowing women to be in the public bar in a hotel. You remember those days when women weren't allowed in either, either place. I can share with you that Joe and I have experienced this type of division in roles even in our neighbourhood. We have much-loved Hindu neighbours who invite us to their family events and we love going along. It is such so rich in culture and so different to what we've experienced. But just about every other guest is Indian and they understand the cultural norms. Please don't get me wrong, I'm not picking on Joe this time, but Joe has sat and talked outside with the men. She's even asked me to get a drink for her. You know, the sort of things I would do naturally, much to the anger of the matriarch of the family who didn't appreciate her doing those sort of things. We didn't do it on purpose. We just didn't understand the gender rules. I am going to suggest that even if we did understand the gender rules, Joe might have broken them as well. But <laughs> You know, many of these social rules aren't written down, are they? They aren't written down. It's not as though you can get, pick up a book and find out everything that you should be doing in the culture. Australia, we have some interesting cultural norms. Things like we tend to call a spade a spade. We're well known for not mincing our words. One of the, one of the great uh, social norms is that thongs can be worn almost anywhere and any time. 
breakfast isn't just a morning thing anymore. It's all-day event. Now, we have a huge cafe culture, don't we? And, and to us, we go, well, that's no big deal. But if you come from a country where there's no cafes, where you can't sit outside, the thought of going to a cafe and sitting outside, drinking and eating, would be almost unheard of. And we do have a greater outdoors culture. But, you know, breaking any of these, in most cases, wouldn't raise an eyebrow, would it? But what Mary did was scandalous on a scale we have no concept of. I mean, I could just picture the whisper in the room. I'm just whispering, who does she think she is? Only a shameless woman would behave in such a way. And I'm sure there would have been plenty of people saying, a woman's place is in the kitchen where she belongs. This isn't just about superiority of one group over another. However, it is often perceived that way. It is a matter of what was thought as the appropriate division between two halves of humanity. But also, to sit at the feet of a teacher was decisively a male role. It wasn't a place of adoration. It wasn't a place for an adoring fan to look up into their hero's face, as some might suggest, who want to read into this sense of romance between Jesus and Mary. No, to sit at the feet of someone means to be instructed by someone or to learn something. This image carries connotations of a master instructing a pupil. The master, in this case, is a much wiser, more accomplished, more knowledgeable person than the pupil. The, the idea is one of you know, an apprentice with a sage. The phrase to sit at the feet of someone dates back thousands of years to the time when students would literally sit at the feet of a philosopher to receive instruction. In Jewish culture, it was more or less the same. You know, Saul gives his credibility in, in Acts 22, verse 3, as sitting at the feet of a Pharisee doctor in Jewish law, who was held in great esteem throughout Israel. So when Paul says, when Paul says that he sat at the feet of Gamaliel, he is assuring them of his credibility and that his understanding of the law is well-founded. To sit at the feet of a great rabbi was to listen and to learn, to take on their teaching. It meant to be their student, an apprentice of sort. To sit at the feet of a rabbi was what one did if one wanted to be a rabbi themselves. Don't let anyone tell you that Mary sat at Jesus' feet just to learn for learning's sake. No, Mary was taking her place at the feet of Jesus as a would-be teacher, as a preacher, as somebody who was going to instruct others on the kingdom of God.
and here in this verse is the answer to those who struggle with a woman's place in the either ordination or any other ministry stream or leadership position within our church. Jesus affirms. Jesus affirms Mary's right to be there. Am I pushing an agenda? Yes. Because, you see, when I read the Bible, I I think the Bible says it more and more. Jesus isn't just trying to show us that women should be ordained. No, it's a bigger issue. It's a bigger issue than that. Jesus values each human being based upon the outflowing of the love of God, which breaks through into many lives. That uncontrollable desire to share the good news, the realisation that God has given you gifts and used them based not upon your sexual orientation, but based on your desire to see God's rule in the lives of those around us. But Mary does stand for all those women who have heard Jesus speaking about the kingdom and know that God is calling them into listening carefully so that they can speak of it too. I have heard numbers of sermons on this passage and I think mainly by what we call complementarians that suggest this passage is about the different styles of spirituality that being one of action and one of contemplation. And whilst these are very important, I just don't think this passage, given where Luke has placed it, given the outrageousness of the previous story of the Good Samaritan, given the place that Mary sat, I just don't think Luke is saying that. But we cannot and should not escape the challenge of this passage by turning it into a comment comment on different styles of Christian lifestyle. It must be seen as the outrageousness it is, just like last week's verses. They should be challenging to us. As we read last week, this week is the same. These verses are all about breaking boundaries, the cultural breakdown of the good news that breaks into our world when we allow it. I used to think that Jesus was a rule breaker. I used to justify some of my rule breaking by that as well, by the way. And you know, really, the more I read it, the more I'm sure Jesus was. Not in a nasty, destructive or offensive way, but in the way he made people stop and think. He changed the landscape of humanity. I often wonder if Jesus turned up to church today or turned up at my front door at home, what would his challenge be? What am I doing that could be radically changed for the benefit of the kingdom? Jesus gave people a glimpse of a new vision of the kingdom of God. And for them, life was never the same. So, let me encourage you 
to read both these stories again this week. And my prayer is that when you do read them, that your lives will be changed by what you read. Your lives will be challenged. You'll be encouraged to do something different, to take a risk. Amen.